We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The hottest next tape you'll find online. Knicks all day. We bleed blue and orange. This is Knicks Fan TV, your one-stop shop for the ultimate New York Knicks fan experience. News, rumors, debates, post-game live streams featuring live callers. Let's go Knicks, baby! And now, your host, CP, the NY Fanatic. Here we go. The New York Knicks have made it official with assistant coach Kenny Payne, who is also the associate head coach of the Kentucky Wildcats. On tonight's episode, we're going to talk to Kentucky insider Jack Pilgrim all about Kenny Payne and most importantly, what he's going to bring to this Knicks program. So let's get right into it. Salute to Knicks Nation once again. Hit that thumbs up button for you boys. CP from Knicks Fan TV in the building here and special guest once again, Jack Pilgrim. From uh, Kentucky Sports Radio, Jack, how you feeling, man? I'm well, better, uh, not not as good as I could be. You you guys you guys are feeling better than I am right now. Hey, well, on paper, it's it's, it's feeling pretty good. You know, we still need to get the horses in order, but you know, today it was announced that uh, Kenny Payne has signed with the New York Knicks, um, rumored to be a 1.5 million dollar deal, and and uh, from what you're saying. A lot of the Wildcat faithful were not happy to lose Kenny. So, give give us the lowdown, man. What does Kenny Payne? What did Kenny Payne bring to the Kentucky program? Well, I mean, it's more of what he didn't bring to the program. I mean, he we're, we're talking. You know, when you hire a and you, when you have an associate head coach, at, you know, a, just a high profile assistant like like Kenny Payne, you, you know. And at other schools, a guy in his role, usually you get a, a dominant recruiter. You get a dominant X's and O's guy. But what he was able to do is be elite at both and bring, you know, you know, you go down his list of, of achievements in terms of just high profile recruits that he brought into the program. Um, I mean, I think over the course of his, you know, his time at Lexington, I think he brought in uh, like 14 five stars. And I think t- uh, like nine of those were top 10, top 15 level guys. Uh, so he's able to not only go out and get guys on the recruiting trouble when he actually gets them to Lexington, uh, you know, if they don't pan out, you know, you, you get a Nick Richards situation, something like that, where they don't pan out year one. He's one of those guys that can kind of take you in and kind of take, you know, build you up into an NBA level, NBA caliber type guy. So he, he not only has a development X's and O's, uh, that that side of it, but he's also just you know one of the best recruiters in the game. So uh, UK lost lost out on two of their most you know two of their most dynamic assets to the program uh, in one with with Kenny Payne. 
John Calipari, the head coach of Kentucky Wildcats, called Kenny vital to the program, a vital, vital component to the program. Ten years on the job there at Kentucky and was making a pretty good bag, man, 900K as, as the associate head coach. So, you know, Jim Dolan had to cut the check to prime away from such a top program. But, um, you know, let's, let's go to the development piece because this is where I believe, you know, Kenny's going to come in here and really make an impact on the team. So many Kentucky, former Kentucky big men from Anthony Davis to Carl Anthony Towns. You have P.J. Washington, uh, uh, Bam Adebayo, you know, swear by this guy and and uh, his development techniques. Can you talk a little bit about that, like how he worked with the Kentucky bigs? Well, a lot of people think that, you know, the Anthony da- people think that Anthony Davis was the Anthony Davis of now back when he got to Kentucky. I mean, when he got there, he was a lanky six foot ten. I mean, he boosted up in the recruiting rankings to number one. But that was based off potential, not what he currently was at that given moment. So guys like Anthony Davis, they came in. And yes, by the end of the year, I mean, you could argue that Anthony Davis is is one of the best players to ever come through the Kentucky basketball program. Uh, you know, arguably the, the best single season in Kentucky basketball history. Some would even argue college basketball history, but what he was able to do from day one, getting him on campus, put him in the weight room saying, you okay, you are excellent at this, but we're not going to focus on what you bring to the table currently. Let's focus on, uh, you know, on those outside skill sets to, to, you know, maximize who you are as a person and make you reach that potential that those recruiting rankings, you know, had you put at number one, at number one there. So you get guys like that, but you also look, I mean, I think this past year with Nick Richards is the, is the best example of why Kenny Payne is a perfect fit for the New York Knicks. When he got here, he was a, you know, I think he was the number two ranked center in in high school basketball, top 15 level, level prospect. When he got here, uh, you know, to be totally honest, he was not a good basketball player. He had zero confidence. I mean, I think it got about about halfway through his freshman year at Kentucky, he was mentally broken. I mean, he just had no confidence in his game, didn't think that he'd ever amount to, to you know, what he ended up being. Kenny Payne kind of brought him, brought him aside and said, all right, this year is not – this is not your year. We're going to keep working at this. We're going to keep working at this. You know, brought him in the lab and, you know, just – spent nonstop time with him. And then by, you know, by year, year two, he was, he was consistent, but confidence still wasn't there yet entirely still hadn't broken, broken through to, to kind of reach that potential. And then, you know, to start his, his junior year, I mean, it's just like something clicked for him. Uh, you know, Kenny Payne was instrumental in getting him like a, uh, you know, mental health services, you know, sports psychologist, that type, that type of stuff to kind of help him click upstairs, to match what his what his physical talents were, and then I, I think midway through the year, Nick Richards started looking like an SEC Player of the Year, you know, at least All SEC type type guy. And when his confidence was at his highest, Kenny Payne would tell us in, in the media interviews and be like, "He's not there yet. He's not there yet. I'm not going to let him settle. I promise you, we haven't gotten this far to let him settle and not reach the potential that I know he can be. He even at an All SEC, you know, Defensive Player of the Year type guy. Kenny Payne still saw more in him. And that's what separates him from everybody else in the country. Most coaches would see, oh, he's an all type guy. Check the box. We can go focus on other guys. He looked at Nick Richards and said, I know what you can be, not just this year at Kentucky, but 10, 15 years down the road in the NBA and kept working at it, kept refining his game and trying to make him the most complete player as possible on both ends of the floor. And, and uh, that, that success story is just exactly why why Kenny Payne is such a valuable asset at Kentucky and why he's going to be why he's going to be such a valuable asset in, in New York. 
Very interesting, man. And you did see Richards' progression as the season um, went forward at Kentucky. So uh, definitely give credit to Kenny Payne there. But, you know, on the Knicks, we definitely have a lot of big men that uh, I'm very intrigued to see how Kenny works with them. For one, for sure, Mitchell Robinson to see how he helps him round out his game. You have Julius Randle, who's a former Wildcat, who is praising this move tonight. You know, special uh, relationship with Kenny. But I'm especially interested in in understanding how Kenny's going to work with one Kevin. Kevin Knox, Jack, because I think this is a pivotal next two years for Kevin Knox. You know, this is his third coach in three years with Tom Thibodeau in this regime. It's his birthday today, and, and uh, coincidentally, the Knicks made the announcement on Kenny Payne, and, and Kevin Knox is pretty happy about that. Talk a little bit about how he worked with Knox back in the Kentucky days, and, and what do you think he'll do for him at the next level? Well, I think the best the best part of that with his birthday is John Calipari's birthday tweet to him said, uh, you're getting one, one heck of a, a birthday present in the form of Kenny Payne, not just Kenny Payne, but his workouts, basically like, I hope you're ready. I hope you're ready for these these uh, uh, hardcore workouts that you're going to be getting under uh, under your new assistant head coach. But yeah, Kevin Knox was a guy that he came in exactly kind of what you guys got right now, but the high school to college version instead of the college to the NBA version. Very rare. I think he was the, the youngest player in college basketball from day one. Um, and that he kind of same thing with Nick Richards kind of saw what he brought to the table. I mean, he was a top 10 level recruit out of high school for a reason, but said what you think you are right now as a, I think he, he kind of sold himself as a six foot 10 shooting guard out of high school. And Kenny Payne was like, nah, we, that's not what you're going to end up being at the, you know, the NBA level. So we're going to work with you and we're going to, yes, you, we're going to maximize the skills that you already bring to the table, but let's, let's kind of focus on what your weaknesses are. And, you know, he, throughout the year, he was just horrible in transition. Couldn't, you know, passing skills horrible uh you know he really went through some some ruts where he just could not hit a shot to save his life you know he had he had some of those struggles but in the long run I think because because Kenny Payne was helping him work on you know some of those you know he he, he I think he primarily played you know kind of that three four small ball four type type role at Kentucky but he really kind of tried to maximize what he could bring to the table as a small ball four option, kind of let him float a little bit on the perimeter, you know, to, to kind of maximize who he could be as a basketball player to, to make him, you know, Kentucky talks about positionless basketball nonstop being as versatile as you could possibly be. And uh, you know, that that's what he hoped to bring to the table with Kevin Knox and he only had him for eight months. So when you think about what he could do with Kevin Knox, not just in eight months, but you know, however long, this experiment, you know, like you said, these next two years are going to be very important for him. Uh, hopefully, you know, these next two years, he, he gets uh, the, the work that he needs under Kenny Payne. They have a very strong trust, very strong relationship. And I think he's one of those guys that that, you know, he has that family feel to him where, you know, Tom, you know, Tom Thibodeau, to be totally honest, he's, uh, you know, he's a tough guy. Yeah. Hard nosed coach, you know, just he has that 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 personality that has rubbed some players the wrong way. Kenny Payne can be the, you know, the, the complimentary piece yeah. to him to, okay, it's maybe this isn't working with, with Thibodeau's personality, but this is definitely going to work with Kenny Payne. So I think that in itself with not only him, but Julius Randle and these other guys that, that, I mean, Kenny Payne extends well beyond just the Kentucky sphere. I mean, he's just such a, a massive name in basketball that mm -hmm. everybody's going to trust him. It's not just Kentucky guys. He's going to be one of those guys that anybody that comes in into contact with him is going to trust him, have that family, you know, big uncle, dad, father type role uh, that he that's what he's going to bring the table with with all of the, the, the Knicks bigs. Yeah, and as you mentioned, you know, with Tom Thibodeau kind of being the opposite, they can kind of be like a yin, a yin and a yang. You know, Tibbs, 
can still be himself to a certain extent, but then you'll have Kenny who already has that, you know, player relationship, um, you know, characteristic to him that should certainly help. But uh, what it does seem like is that between Tibbs and Kenny Payne, you know, these kids are going to work, man. And yeah. you know, from, from the articles that I was reading on Kenny Payne, his practice uh, philosophy is, is, uh, is well famous. Uh, what do you know about, you know, Kenny Payne's type of practices and big Henry and all these things like that? Well, he's, I mean, he's a guy that he is, he, he's like that, that, you know, good cop, bad cop type thing. He's going to be your best friend. He's going to be a mentor to you off the court. He's going to, you know, try to try to be that personable, you know, coach that guys need in their life. I mean, they, they, he's the, he's a perfect example of, you know, 17, 18 year old. I mean, it's a tough time in a lot of people's lives trying to, you know, find themselves as, as people. I mean, that's, he has mastered that type of, of player coach relationship where it almost feels like, you know, uncle, nephew, father, son, that type, that type of thing. Um, so when you have that, but on the complete flip side, if you step on his basketball court, he, you, if you don't give it his all, he's going to tell you to get off the court. I mean, he's kicked guys out of practice. He said, you're not, you're not mentally ready for this. Mm. Go, go on somewhere. I mean, he's a, he's a guy that he's going to work with you. He's going to try to, you know, develop that long-term relationship, be that, be that friend to you. But only if he, only if you give him as much as, as uh, you know, he, it, he's one of those guys that he'll give as much as you give. So that that's going to be what he, what he expects at, at, in, in New York. He's not going to let up on anybody. He doesn't care what your star power is. I mean, he's one of those guys that, you know, he, the, the players make the depth chart, depth charts, the, the uh, coaching staff doesn't, right. he's one of those guys that he doesn't care who you are. You, he could, you could be the number one draft pick. You could be, you know, the, the Tyler heroes of the world, a, a top 50 level recruit. You're going to come in and earn your spot on that team. And, and, and I think that's kind of why the players respect him so much. They know that, it, you know, it's you, you have to earn your position on, on a Kenny Payne team. This is very going to be very interesting, man. And as you mentioned, recruits, I, I'm wondering if this Kenny Payne acquisition, if this impacts, you know, later on in the draft for the Knicks, depending on where they select, when you have guys like uh, Tyrese Maxey, you have a, a Quickly and, and even a Nick Richards who entered his name into the draft, you know, if those guys end up uh, on the Knicks at, you know, later picks down, down the road in the first or second round. I promise. I promise you, if Nick Richards is available, I, I think what I'm seeing is anywhere from that like 50 to undrafted rank right now, range right now. If you could get him in that spot, and especially as an undrafted free agent, and and Kenny Payne sees you available right there, sees Nick Richards available right there, zero chance that he passes on him. I promise you, <laughs> that they they are they have such a tight bond because I mean. Like like I said, that relationship of of where Nick Richards was from day one to where he was when he left year three. I mean, the, I personally didn't cheer for a player more uh, in in my entire time covering guys. You know, you know, media guy. You're not supposed to you're not supposed to be a fan of yeah. guys, fan of players. That's a kid that you're a fan of, and I promise you, yeah. Kenny Payne was just as much of a fan because he was able to see that breakthrough, that blossom, that that uh, you know they everybody saw it in him as a as a high schooler, but he didn't have that confidence to break through and become. And and Kenny Payne was a big part of that. So I, I'm telling you, if if Nick Richards is available, that's going to be a, a perfect fit for uh, perfect fit for New York. And and I think when you think about it, uh, we 
actually at KSR kind of stumbled upon the you know, I think when Jason Kidd was still in the running or I guess there were some rumors that he was in contention and if he was brought on it would be uh, you know potentially Kenny Payne as, a, as an assistant I think they talked about um, Rod Strickland you know a couple other guys that with with Kentucky Tech Kentucky ties that obviously fell through they went with Tibbs and uh, we actually kind of stumbled upon that information again where they were like now nah, at first we thought it was just Jason Kidd but now it's it's internally Tom Tibbs they, he definitely wanted him uh, Kenny Payne there as well and part of that reason was to recruit not only the the Kentucky guys currently but the other NBA guys you know the, the Anthony Davis's of the world Carl Towns Devin Booker he's going to be in those guys ear if when you know when free agency hits or the you know on the trade market he's going to push for his guys I'm telling you he's a uh, and and we have seen in the past I mean look look on social media all the guys that have been outspoken about yeah. how much they love him how much they respect this move PJ Washington was one of them he said man he is the reason I signed with Kentucky in the first place mm. when you have that established bond going back to college. I mean, look what, you know, I, I'm a Celtics fan, unfortunately, you know, oh, I'm good. sure you guys hate that, <laughs> but, uh, but Brad Stevens, Gordon Hayward, that relationship yeah, people yeah. always knew was there, but the, you know, it, until that day came, nobody wanted, nobody knew if it would actually come to fruition that day came and where did Gordon, uh, Gordon end up signing. He ended up going back to, to, to his familiar coach. That's going to happen. I, I'm, New York has kind of had this this bad reputation of not being able to sign sign guys on the dotted line, you know, the the big headlining mm-hmm, mm-hmm. free agents, not not able to you know get those big big trade trade options. Kenny Payne is one of those guys that could be the deciding factor in you know Team A versus versus New York Knicks. Yeah, well, hey, hey, listen, certainly glad to hear. I mean, that's part of the game, right? You want you want to improve your team and you want to get the best of the best. And and certainly New York is used to that type of uh, effort. But we want to see the development side of the house, you know, improve. And so as much as he can do from a recruitment standpoint, I'm, I'm equally or if not more interested in how he can make some of these guys better because we, we just need a, a developmental plan and a system in place to, to get the house in order, get these assets um, more valuable to, so that when you do go out and make a trade, a blockbuster trade, or, you know, you, you do go out and get a player, it's not going to cost you your whole team. You know, you can actually build with some of these guys that these upper echelon towns that you go out there and acquire. So certainly interested in that. Um, Worldwide West, Worldwide West and, and uh, Kenny Payne known to be great friends. Uh, yep. It was said that um, Kenny Payne or Worldwide West was helping Kenny Payne recruit at Oregon when Kenny Payne was an assistant coach there. So their ties go all the way back to um, Detroit when Kenny Payne was a video coordinator under Larry Brown and the Pistons. He and Worldwide East. I think it goes back to Louisville, right? The Louisville, yeah. I think they 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 knew each other kind of in passing there, and then when it when he got to the coaching ranks, that's kind of where that they they kind of separated briefly, and then they kind of came back together. And I mean, they've been really really good friends. And I I mean, he's close with Leon Rose too through Calipari. I mean, Leon Rose was Calipari's agent for you Mm -hmm. know who knows how long, and and through that you know kind of through that they ended up being pretty close through that so i mean the, the ties it made so much sense when when the the name started pr- popping up and you know the, the people on kentucky side of things were like ah that's the one that this is the one situation you get leon rose you get worldwide west and you get you know a perfect opportunity for kenny Payne to re i mean he's he's been dreaming of, of coaching in the nba 
You know, he, he wants to be a coach at the college level. And I mean, I, I'd, I'd vouch for him if, if John Calipari left tomorrow, I'd, I'd, 100% be be hopeful that Kenny Payne would be on that short list to replace him. I'm I'm that confident in who he is as a as a as a coach and just player relationship type guy. Um, but yeah, that that relationship with both Leon Rose and World Wide West when when it just kind of felt like the stars aligned for this opportunity for him. And it's just like, well, you know, this is what he's been wanting to do forever. And uh, and if you were in his shoes, you probably wouldn't pass that opportunity up either. Uh, you, you mentioned him potentially coaching head coaching down in the future. You know, he was there at Kentucky 10 years, um, you know, highly touted resume. How, how come he, he didn't have any other opportunities to coach? What do you, what do you think was the reason he never really got any, um, you know, real head coaching opportunities at other programs? Well, what I, I think you guys might be lucky that I think he is was right on the cusp of getting a, a, a high major college coaching option. Kenny Payne has been getting interest from low, you know, low major, mid major, you know, low end D one type schools forever. I mean, you know, that you could get one of those every off season if, if he said that he wanted to do that, but Kenny Payne wasn't leaving the number one assistant coach, assistant coaching job in America for, you know, a, a Drexel or a, you know, yeah. a lower end, you know, lower end school. He was going to go to a, a program that he could be a difference maker, you know, be at a, a, a high, not, not necessarily a blue blood, but somewhere that he could establish himself a, a full coaching staff, kind of make it his program and make a, make a solid run in the tournament. That kind of, that kind of deal, you know, bring in high level recruits that he's used to recruiting. So he's been waiting for the perfect opportunity because he did have the perfect opportunity at Kentucky. He had, as his role, as he, the, you know, the years kind of pass, his recruiting um, role kind of he, he kind of established himself as the closer. Not necessarily he didn't have to go on the road and and you know go to random middle you know random high school in Nebraska to go see these kids anymore. He only had to go to the big EYBL events, go to the mm. you know the high profile recruiting events, um, and then when the kids get on campus for official visits, that's when the the you know he was the closer on the team while the other you know lo lower end assistants ended up being that. So he wasn't going to leave until it was the perfect opportunity, whether it be the NBA or the college ranks. And I completely think that that he will you know kind of groom himself in the M in the NBA, kind of establish himself as a name. And uh, if if that perfect coaching opportunity like at uh, Kentucky, if John Calipari retires anytime soon, uh, I, I guarantee you he'd be one of the first first calls. But there's kind of a, a there's kind of a, a rough scenario with that as well because when you get to the NBA that recruiting the, the grind work that comes with recruiting high school kids kind of slowly goes away so everybody kind of says oh yeah I'm going to go up one to go down for a high major type type job it works out you know in, in theory but does it always actually come to fruition right. and that's kind of one of those things that Kentucky fans are kind of looking at now and kind of like oh man this it's going to be really tough if that day does come uh, for him to leave such a, I mean, it's a, it's a perfect opportunity for him. Uh, I, I wouldn't be so shocked at all if he said, no, nah, I'm going to work out it to, you know, wait until I can become a, you know, an NBA head coach. So hopefully, hopefully, you know, he does have that passion again and we can steal him back from you guys. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but until then, until then I'm, I'm excited for you guys. I think you guys will definitely enjoy him. He's going to, he's going to knock it out of the park. Yeah. Well, like I said, on, on paper certainly looks good. And you know, when, when you're on the outside looking in at the Kentucky program, you always look at, you always feel like it's Kyle Parry as, you know, the, the, who's in that room, you know, as the, the last piece, you know, to the yep. puzzle, but interesting to hear, you know, Kenny's pain's role was, was so, um, you know, influential 
on that program. So uh, definitely looking forward to seeing what his impact on, on the Knicks is going to be, man. But Jack, I, I definitely appreciate you coming on and sharing some time. Second time on Knicks Fan TV, man. So yes, if we end up with one of these uh, Kentucky recruits in the draft, we'll, we'll definitely bring you back on, man. But um, go ahead and let the people know where they, where they can find you. Yeah, you can reach out to me on Twitter at Jack Pilgrim KSR. Uh, you can read my articles on, on KentuckySportsRadio.com. I do a podcast, uh, basketball recruiting specific. Uh, it's called the Sources Say Podcast. And uh, you can find that on any of the Apple Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all that good stuff. You can find me pretty much anywhere. And, uh, yeah. All right, man. Jack Pilgrim. Jack, thanks again, man. Enjoy it, man. Thanks again for Thank coming you. on. Thank you. I appreciate you. All right, man. Take it easy. All right, that was um, Jack Pilgrim checking in, giving us a couple minutes on the Kenny Payne hire. What, what do you guys think, man? What do you guys think? I mean, personally, listen, like I said, it, it uh, the, the 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 sauce is, is being made. Still got to get the horses. Still, still got to get the horses. So let's see what happens. But what what it seems to me is, they're very serious about getting the development side of the house together. Yes, it's good that he has play relationships. Yes, he's good. It's great that, you know, from Devin Booker to Towns to Anthony Davis and so on, those guys swear by him. It's great. You know, maybe that pays off down the road. Fine. But for right now, I'm interested in, in how he's going to make our players right now better and these incoming draft picks better. And from what these guys say, these ex-players from Kevin Knox to Julius Randle all on down, that's their guy. Kenny Payne is their guy. So another piece to Tom Thibodeau's bench. CP, the artist in the chat says, does that mean we can get AD? Uh, I doubt it, but, you know, I, I think I think AD's happy in L.A., but you never know. The stranger things have happened. But what does it mean for Kevin Knox? Is This is it for Kev. I think these next two years for Kev is going to be pivotal. You know, if Tibbs and Kenny Payne can't get the most out of him I don't know who else will so happy birthday Kevin Knox Kev's on board with it he knows he knows uh that that Kenny's gonna put him to work so let's see how that uh let's see how that pans out for the Knicks but like I said I mean 1.5 million dollars is is the rumored amount on the deal and what that means is Dolan is once again telling you that uh the money's not an issue you know, I we, there was speculation that it might be with them paying Fisdale, you know, twenty two million to sit at home. But for Dolan, he's going to cut that check if it if it means good things down the road. And and uh, one point five million dollars for an assistant coach is a lot. So, what does that mean for Mike Woodson? What does that mean for Mike Miller? We don't know. We heard a couple weeks ago that from Shams of all people that that Woodson was uh, going to join the staff. Seems like Kenny's going to be the top dog as far as the assistant coach. So what does that mean for Woodson? You know, does does he have other offers or or is he willing to come and, and work under these guys? We'll see. Mike Miller, same way. I think Mike Miller would be, you know, uh, um, more of a, a third assistant anyway, but more so Woodson I'm, I'm, I'm uh, concerned about, intrigued about if, if Woodson is still brought back. So let's see what happens there. So to everybody in the chat, once again, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. We got uh, 600 uh, and up. Climbing. Salute to Jack Pilgrim once again for joining us. Uh, great guy. Very insightful on the Kentucky program. Um, brings a lot to the show. Definitely appreciate him coming on. I want to shout out Chris Kasner, team hashtag Newt. What's going on, Chris? 
Uh, if you're new in the chat, leave me a hashtag new so I can shout you guys out. Also, Julian Clemente of ADHD, team hashtag new. So, Julian, uh, welcome to the show as well. Let's get to the phones, Josh from San Diego. Josh, how you feeling, man? What's going on, CT? How you feeling today? Good, bro. What's going on? No, much. Uh, I just want to say that, uh, I mean, the only good thing I take away from all the Knicks hires, including Leon Rose and Wes and Tibbs and now Kenny Payne and uh, all the front office is that, you know, the Knicks front office and coaching staff is going to be on the same page. So that's the, the positive that I like from it. Um, not, I mean, they're not going out getting the best guys, I would say, but as long as they're on the same page and we don't have that debacle, that press conference 10 games into the season with unrealistic expectations, then um, I'm very, very happy about that. Um, with that being said, um, I do think the Knicks need to go out and get some free agent moves. They need to go out and get players, point blank. Yes. Um, so all these coaching moves and front office moves, they, that won't mean anything unless we go out and get players. And the player that I'm advocating for the most is Carmelo Anthony. Reason being is he's the only person I wanted to come here within the past 20 years. And then when he got here, you know, we didn't get to a championship, but we did deliver something. And I think it would be great for him to finish his career here and for us to eventually retire his number. And I just want to know what you guys feel about that. That's, so, Thanks a lot, that's man. all well and good, man. But you think, is Carmelo the one that's going to make this team better? I think he hung up. You know, is Carmelo going to be the guy that's going to make this team better? That's the first guy, man. That's the first guy. Listen, I love Melo, man. I told you, Melo's my guy. He's my favorite player in the league, Dame and Melo. Right now, I'm missing the Portland-Dallas game. So you guys let me know what happened. I heard, I heard Dame drop 61. So there you go. That's your reason why he's one of my favorite players in the league. Melo's my favorite player, man. But is that the first free agent that you want? Ace. Man, I don't I, yeah, that's not it, man. I disagree with that. Josh from San Diego, the chat is not happy, man. I don't know if you want to poke your head into the chat, man. The chat was not feeling that first call. <laughs> not mellow. Um I, I like I said in the past, I don't think the mellow experiment. Yes, he wants to finish his career here. I'm 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 happy I'd be on board with that, but not right now. You know, Melo still has a couple more years left. I would I would let that ship sail. Um in terms of the relationships, yes, I think, you know, somebody else on Twitter had asked me if, you know, he he said that this this kind of smells like cronyism. This smells a little too chummy when you have Worldwide West and, and Kenny Payne as great friends and Leon Rose and Tibbs and everybody's all friendly. And yeah, you could look at it that way. You could certainly look at it that way, especially when the Knicks are concerned. But also, on the flip side, you can look at it from a standpoint as everybody's going to be on the same page, you know, with Tibbs, Leon Rose, Worldwide West, Kenny Payne. No, these guys are going to be on the same page. It doesn't mean that they're going to agree on everything, but I think they will together establish a vision and establish the culture, which is what we want. And with Kenny Payne, with Tibbs, these guys are going to have these kids working in practice. We know that. So I, so I think that's a, that's a positive way to look at it. And I also think the positive that thing that you could look at from a Leon Rose standpoint as a rookie on the job is that he surrounded himself with a lot of veterans. In Scott Perry, in Walt Perrin, his, his advanced scout, World Wide West, an, a, 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 a longtime recruiter. Kenny Payne, a longtime coach and recruiter. Tom Thibodeau, a longtime coach as well. So the experience is there. And so, again, 
on paper looks okay. Got to bring in the talent. Got to bring in the talent. Got to. Uh, let's see who else checked in on Team Hashtag. New salute to Ronald Bood Hansing. Ronald Bood Hansing, what's going on? The Brazen Serpent, Team Hashtag New, what's going on? Who else we got in here? We got some super, super chats in here as well. We have, um, who else is on Team Hashtag New? We got D, D is balling. He says, um, <laughs> Mellow's good in Portland. Yeah, I mean, listen. Uh, Melo's, uh, he's made a home for himself in Portland, but, uh, nah, that's not the first guy I want to see here, man. Definitely not the first guy I want to see here. So, Sergeant Robert, 2764, what's going on? Salute to, uh, everybody on Team Hashtag New. All right, back to the phones. Raw Hebrew Remnant is next. What's going on, man? What's up, CP, CP, man? I could not disagree more with that last part, man. I mean... What is he talking about? I mean, we are we tired of reaching for old free agents for some quick fix? Yeah, I mean, this, I I don't follow college ball that much, but I even heard of this guy of Kenny Payne before he got this, you know, for his development. We got we got development situation that we got to do. When we drafted, when we drafted Knox, they said at the time it was going to take four years. So we've only got two years. So now you bring in this guy that he has worked with. Plus you got, and they said he works with Bigman. So now you got Mitch. See, this is the thing. The assistant coaches have got to be the good cop to the head coach's bad cop. You know Thibodeau going to put his foot in people's behind. And he needs to. So you need a good cop behind the scenes that's going to pat them on the head and say, you know what, you can do it. You're going to help you. We're going to work with you. That's what we got with this guy. Enough of this quick fix with Melo or whoever big free, you know, AD. Let's work with the guys we got and let's develop them for once. We, we haven't Facts. done that ever. So let's work with some people we got and develop them. That's all I'm saying. Facts. Good call. Good call. Yeah. Um, I mean, Mel's not fixing anything here. Let's, let's just be real. He's not fixing anything here. Love him. You know, that's, that's my guy. Very happy. Um, to see him playing meaningful basketball out there on Portland. I'm going. That's my bubble team. That that's my adopted bubble team, sleeper team that I'm going for all the way. Dame Dollars. How, how can you pass that up? But I, I agree with you on on uh, the good cop, bad cop thing. And and I thought that's what Mike Woodson would have brought to the staff. And maybe he still will. I don't. We don't know if he's if he's still going to be brought on. But from what it seems like, it seems like Kenny Payne is going to be that guy. You know, Kenny Payne is going to be that guy. Players coach but still uh, driven, still strong, and and still tough at the, at the end of the day. And these guys are going to work. These guys are going to work. And from what you hear from Julius and Kev is that they're looking forward to it. So, um, you know, can't, can't, say, can't say that Tibbs is going to drive Kev to the ground because it seems like Kev is, is on board, man. It seems like Kev is on board to, to put that work in. So, And happy birthday to Kev. It is Kev's birthday. Kev was out there uh, bowling. Kev was out there bowling on his birthday, man. There's some video that uh, leaked on Instagram. You saw Kev out there hooping with uh, one Kevin Durant out in L.A. Kevin Durant, Spencer Dinwiddie, Kevin Knox were out there in L.A. bowling. So Kev's putting in work, man. It's his birthday, and he, and he and he's hooping. So that should show you his commitment. I'm sure he's hearing all the Michael Porter Jr. talk, and he's not happy about that. So, um. Kev's putting in work. That's all you can say. We'll hope for the best. Joshua Krizar, team hashtag new. What's going on, Joshua? How you feeling? He says draft LaMelo and Desmond Bain in the first round. Okay. 
That's where he's going. He's going guard heavy in the first round. A shout out to Super Chats that came in. Garshaw Davis says, I can't wait to see him not only work with Knox, but also Mitch and Wooten. I'm wondering if they pick his brain when it comes to drafting this year. I, I, I would have to think so. I mean, he's coming from Kentucky. You know, and like I just spoke about with Jack Pilgrim, think about Maxie, Tyrese Maxie, a, a kid that could be slotted anywhere between the end of the lottery and, and the end of the first round, you know, 15 to 30. So that could be on the Knicks radar. I never know. We know that uh, the Clippers pick has been moved up to 26. Knicks gained a slot. So we th- it was always hovering around 27. Uh, but the way the bubble finished out, the, the uh, Clippers pick is now at 26. Uh, Emmanuel quickly. Is that a potential second round pick? Nick Richards. Is that a potential second round pick? So I'm sure Payne will have his uh, input on that as well. And uh, but Mitch, for sure, man. Money Mitch. I'm looking forward to Money Mitch working with Kenny Payne. We already see Mitch trying to uh, round out his game. And listen, from what Anthony Davis said, I'm going to pull up this article right now. What Anthony Davis said was that when he got to Kentucky, he had no moves. He was a baby deer coming out of the wound. And he said Kenny Payne basically taught him everything. Everything that he knows in the post, he learned from Kenny Payne. I'm about to find you this quote right now. And yeah, that was that was uh, AD. You had Willie Cauley-Stein who said uh, he returned for his junior season primarily to stay with Kenny Payne. So there that is. I'm trying to find this. Uh, oh, here's here's a quote from AD. So to everybody in the chat, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. I'm trying to find this quote here. It, um, this is from Anthony Davis on Kenny Payne. This is an article from The Athletic. I'm going to post it in the chat. For those of you that have a uh, subscription to The Athletic, you can read it. And if you don't, I'll just uh, give you some of the excerpts here. I'm going to post this in the chat. So to everybody in the chat, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. All right, here's what AD said. He said, um, when I got to Kentucky, I couldn't do a post move. I was very raw. I was like a baby giraffe that came out the womb. And he said, uh, it became a thing. It'll, uh, oh, he said, Kenny Payne gave him confidence, sharing basic principles and a go-to move. He gave AD a go-to move. Create a wide base, hold your ground, secure the ball, dribble once, spin back into an unblockable right-handed jump hook. And you know that's AD's move. A go-to move. This is what we've been talking about uh, with Mitch. Can he develop a go-to move? We're not looking for him to be, you know, uh, 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 Kobe on the perimeter. Just, just develop a go-to move. We know Rich Mitch's bread and butter is going to be rim running and blocking shots. But does he have a go-to move? Does he have a bailout move that uh, will make him more of a force on the offensive end? You hear Willie Cauley Stein. He says, uh, Kenny's the backbone. He keeps it tight. Devin Booker, Kenny's a hidden gem in Kentucky basketball. When, when people talk about the program, maybe you don't hear about KP, but if you know, you know. That's Devin Booker. Now, will Kenny Payne be his future assistant coach in a couple years? Hey, maybe. <laughs> maybe, you know. Hey, I'd love this. I mean, Devin Booker's playing out of his mind right now in the bubble. But the point is, you, 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 the point is you're not going to sit here and wish for a booker. You're going to get the house in order first. 
We have seven draft picks in the next three years. You have three picks this year. You have three picks next year. And you have another pick. Uh, yeah, you have your own pick coming up. Right? So, uh, seven first round picks, sorry. Seven first round picks. You have three this year. Or two this year, sorry. Two next year. Um, and then you have your, your first. So, seven overall and about five first round picks. Right? You have the Dallas picks coming up 2021, 2022. You have a bevy of second round picks as well. Point is, the point is, you got assets to play with. You have assets that you can draft, develop them, create a system like the Raptors have created, right? We all look at the Raptors as a model franchise. May not be one for one in what they do, but if you look at the Raptors, I mean, they trade DeMar DeRozan, didn't skip a beat. They lose Kawhi Leonard, didn't skip a beat because they have depth. And a lot of that depth came up through the Raptors 905 system. That is how you develop. And these guys are right in the thick of things. A contender still. How many how many teams can say that? They lost to Rosen, won the championship. They lost Leonard, still competing for a championship. Because they're developing guys, man. That's the, that's the model franchise right now. All right, back to the uh, Super Chats. Uh, Julian Clemente uh, of ADHD says, We finally get to tap into Kev's potential. He's a good slasher with a decent shot. He should be taking advantage of his physicality. We'll see if he does. You know, we'll, we'll see if he does. I like Kev's shot. Slasher, he's got to get a little bit better at, but he certainly has that potential. You know, we've seen it. We've seen the flashes, so see how that goes. Louis Luck says, that's the point of having a Leon Rose in World Wide West, using their connections to bring in good coaches. Do we get Tibbs and Payne otherwise? This is a good question. Maybe not. I think he would still get Tibbs because I think Tibbs was still trying to, uh, I think this was still his dream job and he was still trying to get into coaching. So I think you still could have gotten Tibbs. Payne, probably not. I think World Wide West got you Payne because remember, Payne was making 900000 at Kentucky. You know, he was sitting pretty out there. So there was no reason for him to really leave. Raw Hebrew Remnant says, no, no old free agents, no quick fixes. Uh, thanks for the super chat. Brian Mella says, now that the draft is going to be virtual, Leon West is going to make sure we're going to get the first round pick, number one pick, LaMelo to NYC. We'll see, man. And Money Mark, appreciate the super chat, Money Mark. He says, uh, Leon has built a credible staff, excited for our youth and the future. Keep doing it, CP. Thanks, Money Mark. Yeah, listen, like I said on paper, you know, can't argue with the staff that he's put together, man. You can't argue with it. Absolutely cannot argue with it. So let, let's see how it goes. Um, back to the phones. Ronnie Mack in the building. Ronnie, how you feeling, man? All's good. Good to hear you, man. Hot down here. Yeah, I can imagine, man. What's going on? Yeah, so I got a couple points I wanted to make. Um, Mike Miller, where does he fit in all of this? Because I feel like he's getting a raw deal. Well, it doesn't seem like they finalized the whole bench. You know, you're still going to have about um, three or four guys on the bench. So I think Miller could still be in the running. Uh, Woodson, to me, is more interesting because of, you know, the, the profile that he carries as an assistant coach. So Woodson, to me, is is the more interesting pick. But I think Miller, Miller, they could always bring him along whenever they're really? ready to finalize the staff. Yeah. Because keep in mind, um, Miller is a Van Gundy guy, and to me, personality-wise, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie. 
I think Woody is just there because he's popular. Everybody rep- um everybody remembers the 2012-13 and he's a CAA guy. But I could see Mike Miller more matching Thibodeau's personality because he's from that Van Gundy way of doing things. They're in the gym all the time. They just worry about coaching and all of that. I think Mike Miller, and Mike Miller has some similar philosophy, but he's not as popular and as charismatic as Woody is. Woody's well-connected. Yeah, I, I, agree, I agree with you on that one, but I think um, from what we're hearing, and appreciate the call, Ronnie, from what we're hearing in the beginning when Tip, when Woodson was mentioned was that, uh, you know, there are people in the organization that wanted him to finish the job here, you know, and, and yes, Miller, Miller comes from uh, that Van Gundy style for sure. Uh, they definitely have some familiarity, but I think Miller, you know, like I said, he, he's less of a uh, profile than Woodson. Woodson has that resume. Uh, Miller was the interim coach. He, he was the assistant coach. He was the interim coach. He was the D league coach. So, um, like I said, I think I think Miller will be easier to keep. I'm just not sure if if they're gonna add Woodson with with this addition of Payne right now, and and how much? What's the number on Woodson? How much are you gonna pay Woodson? And Shams did report that Woodson was um, that Woodson was uh, coming to the Knicks. So v- very interesting there. Very interesting there. Um, here, here's the Knicks uh, draft outlook because I, I kind of botched what I was what I was saying earlier. Um, so here, here's how the draft is is looking for them in the next couple of years. So to everybody in the chat, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. So they have their own pick, obviously, this year, first round, which is going to be a lottery pick. They have the Clippers pick. That they got in the Morris trade, which is going to be number 26 right now. They have um, in the in the second round, they have the Hornets pick. They have the Charlotte pick. Which they got in the uh, Hernan Gomez trade. All right. Um, they traded their own second um, to Philly to, to get Hernan Gomez. So they don't have that. But they have the Charlotte pick in the second round. 2021, here's what they have. They have the right to swap with the Clippers, which, based on record, I mean, you're going to have to have a complete catastrophe with the Clippers to even get that. But um, they have the right to swap. They're not going to get that. Um, They have the Mavs pick in the KP trade. That's 2021. They have the Hornets pick again. And then they have the Pistons pick. So that's two. Two in round two. And then in 2022, uh, they have their own, the first and second. 2023 is when that uh, that second Mavs pick kicks in. And that's protected top 10. The 2021 Mavs pick is not top 10 protected. So this is where you want the Mavs to be bad next year. So you can get a good pick. You want the Mavs to be bad next year so you can get a good pick. 2021. The 2023 pick is top 10 protected. All right. So that that's how the Knicks draft capital is, is looking. But the, the point is, is that um, it's looking good. It's looking good. Like I said, you have three picks this year. One in, in uh, two in, in the first round, one in the second round. 
2021, you have, uh, let's say, technically two picks, because I'm not counting on that Clippers pick. All right, Knicks have the option to swap first round picks with the Clippers protected in the top four. So if the Clippers were to end up, you know, with catastrophic in- injuries and and uh, end up with a, uh, a you know, um, top four protected. So if they get, you know, five through 14 in the lottery, it would go to the Knicks. But that, that you know, that's barring, uh, like I said, a complete catastrophe. Right. So technically in 2021, you have two first round picks. You have two second round picks in 2021. So there we go. There we go. Time time to manage it all. Um, back to the phones. Quincy Jones in the building. Q, what's going on, man? Going on, man. How you doing? Good. How you doing? Pretty good, man. Yeah. So Kenny Payne's hiring got me got me excited, man. Like the other caller said, everybody's in line. You know, you got the the the, the president, the GM, the the coach assistant coaching staff, they got a previous prior relationship. Everybody's kind of in, in sync, and that's good to see because we've had in the past a lot of issues with, like, Phil Jackson and all that stuff where everybody's not on the same page. Also, I'm excited about uh, the draft lottery coming up. What is it, uh, next week? August 20th, um, man, next Thursday. Draft lottery's around the corner. It's something for the Knicks fans to look forward to. I mean, we, we haven't had basketball in months, and we won't have basketball four months. So, you know, that's something I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to seeing if we move up or if we stay pat, you know, if they decide to make trade, trade the pick. If you get a seven pick, maybe you trade it for an, a, a little bit of older star or older young player um, that maybe farther along the progress since we have so many young players already. I mean, listen, I don't, I don't okay. think anything's out of the, the realm of possibility if they get seven or lower, but... Um... You know, we'll see what happens. But yes, August 20th, next Thursday is the NBA Draft Lottery. And uh, we're going to have a big show, man. So I hope you guys are going to tune in. We got uh, myself, Jay Ellis, Jonathan Macri's coming through. Schwinney's coming through. We got uh, Corey Talibar, the Harwood Herald's coming through. Might have Spencer as well. So we're going to have a packed house um, lining up some interviews. It's going to be a good one. It's going to be a good one. So uh, make sure that you guys tune in. Remember, this show is available in audio podcast format as well, so you never have an excuse to miss it. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Amazon Alexa, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, it's on everything. So just search Fan TV Podcast, and you will find it wherever you listen to podcasts the most. We are everywhere. You can't miss us. So salute to everybody in the chat. Once again, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. How are we looking on the thumbs up, TM? Let me know how we looking on the thumbs up. Um, there's a link going around to the mailing list. Make sure that you guys are signing up for the mailing list as well. We are building a website. We need everybody's email contacts. Make sure that we keep you guys informed, uh, and and let you guys know of upcoming events, upcoming news, anything. Just, uh, make sure, let's make sure that we have your, your, your contacts so that we can keep this thing growing. All right. Back to the phones. Who's next? Who's next? Let's go to, um, Josh from New York. Josh, how you feeling, man? I'm doing good. Uh, I I already put in the chat that I want Desmond Bain and Lamelo in the um 
first round. Mm-hmm. But with the pain hiring, if we fall to like eight to ten spot there, what happens if we take Maxie because we hired Maine? Pain. Yeah, what I, I mean, if if they like him that high, I don't know if he's going to go that high. But if they like him that high, then um, you know, I guess they would take him. But it, it depends. You know, there's a there's a lot of guys that at the eight to ten range. I don't think Maxi um, is certainly a bust. I mean, you can you can go Cole Anthony, you could go Vassal, uh, you can go Okoro, you can go. I don't know where Halliburton is going to slot. You know, Jay from Florida might get mad, but if Halliburton's there, you know, he could potentially be an option. So. I don't necessarily think that just because they have pain that they'll definitely go maxi. I'm just saying that he could be in play with pain here. You know what I mean? He could be in play with with pain here, but you could you're gonna have a lot of options at uh, that that uh, eight to ten range. Well, let's look at the the lottery odds right now because it's a, it's a slim chance that they even get ten. Um, let's pull it up right now. So to everybody in the chat, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. All right. Um, right now, they have a roughly 9% chance to go 1 through 4. Gets a little bit better uh, 1 through 4. 9% chance for number 1 pick. All right. Um, number 6, 8%. They have no shot at 5, the way the, the odds pan out. They have no shot at number 5. Seven and eight is looking where the where 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 the, the balls look like they're gonna land. Fifty percent chance at seven or eight. Fifty percent chance. So, you know, let, let's see how it goes. Let let's see how it goes. But I mean, if you look at uh, let's do a mock draft here. Let's see what the tankathon has in store for us. They got us taking Halliburton at six. But I mean, look at these guys. You know, if you if you're at seven eight, like I said, you have Okoro, Okongu. I don't think they they would go with. Uh, you have Cole Anthony, you have Obi, you have Devin Vassar. Do they do they shoot for a Naismith or a Sadiq Bay if they go if they get eighth? You know, we'll see. Maybe they like a Maxi at that slot. I'm not sure. Time will tell. Or Kira Lewis at that slot. Time time will tell. But, uh, you know, like I said, Obi, Cole, Vassal, Okoro, Naismith, Sadiq Bay. I think those guys could certainly be in the running. I think those guys could certainly be in the running. I like Maxi though. I, I think Maxi um, will, will be okay at the next level. I like, I like his Moxie. I feel like, I feel like uh, Maxi has that, that uh, he's got that grit. I like how he plays. Plays like a dog. Um, let's go down to ATL. Leroy in the building. Leroy, how you feeling, man? ACP, how you doing? John Allen. Yes, sir. How you doing, bro? I'm doing good, babe. Let me talk to you a little bit. Let me hit you, man. Kenny Payne, that's a big move. Kenny Payne has been the secret sauce for Kentucky for about 10 years. Mm. And he was not he was not only the big man development coach, he was a skill coach for all Kentucky players. Mm. Calipari handles the X and O's, and Kenny handles all the skills development for guards and big men. How do I know that? My cousin, Anthony Grant, was assistant at Billy Dollar in Florida. His counterpart was Kenny Payne. They were boys. Mm. And they were, the, they were close guys. And Kenny Payne and Anthony, you know, Anthony just won Coach of the Year. 
But when Dayton, they were supposed to get number one jobs in college ranks. But I don't know why King didn't get it because he was top of the line. and He's the guy that's been running all the skill levels in Kentucky for quite a while. He really knows what he's doing. And I think that's a real sign that we're into player development because it's the first time we've had a player developer who could get on the court with ball players and would develop them. The past assistant coach we had, they didn't get on the court and, and work with any of the ball players, and that was a big problem with the New York Knicks. Secondly, I think it's time for people to kind of take a different look at this structure that's going in place. Because we could talk about ball players all day long, but in the NBA, if the ball players don't like the, the, the president, the GM, the coach, if they see confusion up there, they're not coming. This is the first time Dolan has allowed anybody to come in Leon Rose's spot and make change with people underneath. Prior to that, going back all the way back to before Phil Jackson got there, everybody that came in the Saturday next year, they couldn't mess with certain people. That's why Steve was there consistently. So i got to get Dolan some props for this. I think it's time for us to take a look at it because we can't attribute none of those people at top to anything in the past. So every time people talk about the past, the Knicks did this in the past, two, three years ago. That's that's not relevant to any of the group of people that's up there right now. And Perry's only got a short resume we talk about. I like the move. I like what they're doing. We do need the ball players, but this foundation looks good. Thanks, man. Appreciate You're doing it. a great job. Leroy, appreciate it, man. O- always good to talk to you, man. Leroy's an OG, man. He brings that 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 OG, that Long Island perspective. But um, I forgot his cousin was uh, Anthony Grant. Great job. Great job at Dayton, uh, Anthony Grant. And as Leroy said, Anthony Grant and Kenny Payne were, were running mates as well. So great job. De- definitely a great job. Um, yeah, I, I, I wonder why Kenny never got that opportunity to be a head coach. You know, like I said, his resume came off uh, very clean. He did have uh he did he was sort of involved in that Zion scandal with Nike and Zion getting all the money, but they cleared him. He wasn't really involved, but they found some text messages between him and a uh, Nike executive, basically talking to the executive about um, paying some of these AAU program coaches. And Kenny was asking him about that, and Kenny was basically saying, you know, don't get caught, basically, or stay out of trouble, type of deal, but. You ask Kenny, you ask the players at Kentucky, they feel like Kenny runs a tight and a clean ship. So, you know, it's uh it's 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 amazing that that he didn't get a, a D1 job. But like Jack Pilgrim said, you know, he wasn't gonna take, you know, a, a slouch offer. So when when you're at the top of the, the college basketball ranks, you can be very and you're making so much money. He's probably making more than half of the head coaches in college basketball. You can certainly be picky with your uh with your options so uh and as Leroy said he's a guy that can actually get on the court with the players you know and that was something that Thibodeau had mentioned in terms of being open to bringing on a development team a separate development team from the coaching staff is having guys that can actually get out there and play so again it seems like we're getting the development side of the house in order as Leroy said is his leopard changing its spots? I don't know. We'll see. But like you know, it's a it's a new regime in there. This is this is Leon's ship right now. So uh, we'll we'll see how how long Dolan can go without putting his hands on in in the pot. A um, couple more calls. Let's go to Ice Water from Brooklyn. How you feeling, man? 
Hey, what's going on? How you doing? How you doing? Yeah, um, I just wanted to say that uh, I think the Kenny Payne hire is a pretty good hire. Um, uh, I, I'm more in favor of bringing back Mike Miller more than Mike Woodson. Uh, I never liked Mike Woodson as a coach. I didn't think that he was a good uh, developer of talent. Uh, where I think uh, Kenny Payne uh, is a pretty good developer of talent. Um, as far as the draft goes, uh, well, oh, um, forget about the draft. Uh, I, you had a caller earlier talking about Mello. Um, I actually agree with him. I think that you should bring Mello back. Um, when you talk about culture and establishing a Nick culture, which is something that hasn't happened in decades, um, you know, to have a future Hall of Famer like Mello in the mix working with young players, I think, um, I think that would be a good thing for the organization as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, you know, if they don't bring him back, that's fine, but I would advocate bringing him back. Um, and just the last thing, just yep. real quick about the draft. Um, if there's no NBA combine, this, this draft is a crapshoot. It, it really is. It really doesn't matter who you pick. If you're not able to really evaluate them and see what kind of player they are and see if they fit your system, uh, and see them playing against, you know, other players out of a structured college environment uh, and running pro sets and stuff like that, I think it's really just a crapshoot. So um, that's all I got to say. Um, keep up the good work, man. I enjoy your show. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. Ice Water from Brooklyn. So he's on the mellow train. And I got jo- Josh is, uh, is on the uh, – he's in the queue. Josh wants to come back and defend his point. So we're going to let him get on and defend his point shortly. But, um, you know, in terms of the draft point, it's going to be very interesting to see how this thing plays out, just in terms of how they start the season, how do they meet for training camp, how does Tibbs get a chance to work with some of these young players. I think it's going to be a a weird adjustment to be made in getting these guys all acclimated and building chemistry. It's going to be interesting to see how they start off next year because – Things are so much in flux with the pandemic and everything. And with the pandemic cutting college basketball short, and we don't know if these guys are going to have a pre-draft camp or combine, we can really evaluate these guys. I got to imagine that they're going to be able to bring these guys in for individual workouts. They may not have them. Well, who knows? I'm, I'm thinking, are they going to have them? Because, you know, when they have these individual workouts, they'll also have workouts where they have similar guys within the same tier going head up with each other. Like when Knox was drafted, you know, his workouts, he was paired up with Macau Bridges and they had about four or five other guys there kind of going one-on-one and, and doing drills together. So will they be able to have that uh, option available to them? Let's see. We shall see. On the mellow thing, I, I don't know, man. I'm not sure. I don't, just don't know if it is, it's going to go the same way, but we'll see. We shall see, man. Um, Adele from Fresh Meadows, what's going on? Hey, what's up, man? Um, big, big, uh, big fan, bro. Big fan. Um, I'm actually putting my son to sleep, so I'm trying to be a little quiet. <laughs> um, two things. Uh, what's your thoughts on Jeremiah Grant? As for me, I'm starting to fall in love with uh, two-way players. I think we could use more of them. Uh, and um, that's one. And two... Uh, man, I forgot the second question. Uh, mm, Oh, well, uh, how much you think it, it would take to uh, get him to be a Nick? Jeremy Grant? 
Let's see. Yes, sir. Let's take a look, man. I appreciate the call. Go ahead, go ahead and put little man to sleep, man. It's all good, man. I'll, I'll answer the question for you. Anyway. Thank you, brother. Um, and appreciate the call. Listen, I mean, there's there's very few two way players that can literally bring it on both sides of the ball. I mean, that that's a that's a gem if you have that option. I mean, Jeremy Grant's not a star, but he's a great role player and filling a, a tremendous role for the Nuggets right now, as are Michael Porter Jr. and so many other guys. But um, let's look into his contract situation because I don't think he's as available. I think he has a player option with the Nuggets. And the Nuggets had traded a first-round pick for him to get him from OKC. So I don't know if he's going to be available. He'll He'll have to opt out of that deal and look for more money. But, what you know, he's a gem. He's a gem, a, a true three and D player, but, but a slasher, a dunker. I mean, this kid, this kid can play, man. I wish, I wish, I wish his little brother was was as good as him. Remember, we had Jerry and Grant in here for a second. That was supposed to work out well, but uh, uh, didn't didn't work out so well. Phil wasn't having it. All right, let's take a look at Jeremy Grant's contract on uh, Hoops Hype. Right now, he's making nine point three million. Yeah, he's got a player option for 2020 for next season. So he's got a player option for 9.3 million. Now, what does he do? Does he does he opt out for more money? The Knicks can give him that money. The Knicks the Knicks can give Jeremy Grant that money. EJ one in the chat says they'll decline Millsap and bring back Grant, which makes a lot of sense. Because Millsap is making a bag. I mean, how much how much Paul Millsap making right now? Got to be some crazy money. Um, and he, he's old now. Still playing well. Paul Millsap is still playing, uh, well for the Nuggets. And he, he stepped it out on the three-point line as well. Um, what's Paul Millsap's salary? But that's a good point. I think they let Millsap walk. They, um, can, can easily keep Jeremy Grant. And then, you know, you, you have Michael Porter Jr. You have Bull Bull and controllable contracts. I would have to see where uh, Gary Harris and uh, Jamal Murray are on their contract. Millsap is making 30 mil, $30 million, and he's gone. That's it. This is it for him. So, hey, it's plenty of money to share, to spread around if Jeremy Grant wants a raise. So, yeah, I don't I don't think Jeremy's as likely. Uh, he's on my list. He was on my top five list. But, uh, you know, I don't think Jeremy Grant is as likely. Yeah, Millsap is uh 35. Millsap is 35. So he's up there, man. He was a, he he's up there. Seems like Millsap been been in the league for so long, man. JJ Hans TV, what's going on? Paul Millsap, 20th, 20th highest paid player in the league is Paul Millsap. Very interesting. Um, so yeah, we'll see. Um, all right, Josh, we're going to give you another chance to defend yourself. Come on in and make your case for Melo, man. Go ahead, man. I was going on CP. I'm sorry about that. I didn't know. I didn't expect a follow-up question, uh, <laughs> uh, last time I called, but let me just clarify a few things. So the, the reason why I want to do the Carmelo Anthony thing is not for a quick fix. It's for us to have realistic expectations. Carmelo Anthony it's the only player that wanted to come here within the last 20 years. And when he did come here, we as Knicks fans, we had unrealistic, unrealistic expectations and thought we were going to win a championship. 
even though we didn't win a championship, we were relevant. We were in the playoffs, and we won 50. We had our best season in the past 20 years on the, with Carmelo was here. He was our best player. That's number one. Number two, future Hall of Famer. You know, like I said, he had his best years here. Um, why not? We can easily bring him back on a one-on-one deal. He's only making $2.5 million right now. You're telling me you, won't, you don't want to pay him $5 million just to be a veteran presence in the locker room? And then on top of that, from a basketball standpoint, he can space the floor. What are we talking about? We need shooters, right? We need big men who can shoot. Carmelo Anthony is that guy. He's not going to be in the paint all the time. He's going to be away from the basket, clearing the lane for RJ and for whatever point guard we get, you know, to, to, get, to, to get to the lane and kick out. So it makes sense from all angles. And again, we're not trying to win a championship here. We're just trying to build culture. Melo does that. All right. All right. All right. Let me unpack this. Yes, he can. I get, I get, I get all that you're saying. He's a Hall of Famer, all of that. He deserves his, his due and everything. Listen, I, lo- I love Melo. You're preaching to the choir, man. He's my favorite player in the league. I just don't want to go down that route again. Right now. Not right now. Things are going well right now, man. Things are going well. We we got a clean slate right now. Uh uh my guy, Josh from San Diego. We we working with a clean deck. Except for Dolan. Dolan's the, the, the immovable object, right? But everything else is pretty much starting from scratch. The roster is young. It's, it's, I, I just don't see Melo having that same fit here that he's got going with Damon and, and CJ. Go with Damon, CJ, and let them try to win a championship. Hopefully they win it in the bubble. You know, may, maybe they make some noise in the bubble. I'm not really trying to see that right now. I'm just telling you that straight up. I just don't trust it. I don't trust it. I don't trust the media handling it well. I don't trust the fans handling it well. Um, and I just think it's going to be a distraction that we don't need right now. That's all I'm saying. You can't call me a mellow hater, bro. Uh, you can't call me a mellow hater. I'm the biggest mellow fan that there is from the land, from, from Oak Hill, Syracuse, Denver, Knicks, everything on down. So, you know, I, there's, there's a lot of, there's, like, put it this way. There's a lot of free agents that I want to see here first. Before I even look in that direction. That's all I'm saying. It, like somebody said in the chat. It's a lose-lose situation. That's just how I see it. And there's other. Seconds. There's other culture builders. That we can bring here. Um, that will have the same impact. You know what I'm saying? Let's get Jay Boogie in here. Jay Boogie how you feeling? Jay Boogie tell me about. Would you bring Melo back? Let me know. How, what do you think about it? <laughs> Yo, know, what's going on? I hope everybody's doing good. But listen, I was going to talk about something totally different, you know what I'm saying, about the lottery and the draft pick. But let me explain something to you real quick, man. I, with the mellow thing, y'all missing the point, man. A lot of people, you know what I'm saying, they have a lot of doubt and disrespect for that man. That man has never done nothing wrong to nobody in the league. And he's great off the court. He's never been a bad locker room guy at all, period, man. This man has been so blackballed in the league for what? Because of Phil Jackson? Yeah, The Phil man didn't need take time to show him how to play basketball like he did Michael Jordan and Kobe. Point blank, man. We owe this man a whole lot of respect, man. A lot of respect. 
I mean, just thinking about Melo, man, it just it just pisses me off because this guy was out of the league, man. Look, if you pay attention to what he's doing on the floor night in, night out for the Portland Trailblazers, you'd be like, yo, I wish he would have played, been playing like that with us. He couldn't play like that because with us because he had those type of ball players. See, ball players change ball players' games. The ball don't change a ball player. The ball remains the same, point blank. The man never had nobody on his team where he could go against where he could go against dominant players. I'm begging for the Portland Trailblazers to play the Lakers in this first round so he can give it to his man, Melo. Mello, so Melo can give it to LeBron, leaving him off that banana boat, man. The man is playing great ball, man. But this ain't what I wanted to talk about. I'll call back on another time. But y'all got me aggravated about my, my man, Melo, man. Give that man some respect, man. Man. Jay Boogie drops the mic. That wasn't even what he wanted to talk about, but he still made his point. Now, listen, my point is this, simple and plain. Um, it's not about disrespecting Melo, at least from my perspective. I'm happy that he's back in the league. Uh, you're right. I think Phil did him absolutely dirty. Um, I hate, I thought Phil's whole angle with trashing Melo in the papers or trashing Melo through Charlie Rosen and then trying to trade him, it was just... That whole Phil thing just pissed me off. And I agree with you with that. I hated how D'Antoni did him dirty. I think not only that, I think James Harden CP3 did him dirty because you can't have him leaving Houston like in that way without them signing off on it. So I think they had something to do with it as well. I'm happy that he's, he's bounced back in Portland. I just don't want to go that route right now with the way this Nick team is going. Like I said, there, there's... Way more players that I'd rather see on this team right now than Carmelo. That's going to help make this team better. That's all all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Simple and plain. You know, he was blackballed. He had no reason to be. And Phil certainly had a role in that. But now he's back. So, good for him. And I hope hope he does well. And I hope he does play the Lakers and make some noise in the, uh, the first round, man. But... We got to focus on what we're doing right now, man, and, and that's rebuilding and and getting some vets in here that's going to help elevate this team for sure. Let's see. Let's see how it works. Let's see how it works, man. But uh, like I said, appreciate everybody for calling in. Appreciate everybody for tuning in. Let me know your thoughts on Kenny Payne. What do you think about the hire? Leave a comment in the chat. Leave a comment in the uh, replay when you're watching later on. So to everybody that tuned in, 800, we topped 800 once again. Hey, man, 800 people watching. Knicks haven't been playing since February. Appreciate it. Definitely appreciate all the love. Let me shout out some more Super Chats. Um, Louis Lux says the Mavs will be bad next year. KP's going to get jumped by some gypsies in Lafayette in the offseason. Well, I hope not, man. Definitely don't hope, you know, hope for that type of karma. But, uh, you know, going to be asking a lot to see that happening. But... Hey, you know, good luck to them. Good luck to KP. But we got a new KP. His name is Kenny Payne. So, once again, what do you guys think, man? Seems like we're getting the house in order. And and uh, let's see where it goes from there. Salute to Rich Jim. Salute to Daniel Villanueva. Daniel, appreciate it. D-E- D is balling. What's up, D? Appreciate it. Jay Malone in here. Appreciate all the mods. Appreciate it. Knicks Fan TV, Dave. Knicks Fan TV, Jared. TM, Rome. Keith Sinclair, all the mods. John Talento, Raw Hebrew Remnant. Appreciate it. Appreciate everybody, man. Shell's always appreciate it. 
Uh, let's see, upcoming content. Remember to hit that eye icon at the top right-hand side of the screen. Those are our past episodes, our past playlists. We have a ton of content on this channel. If you're new in the chat, you can go through every single hire that Leon Rose has made. We have a video on where we're giving you the lowdown on who that person is, what they bring to the team. Make sure you check out the Leon Rose playlist. Check out the Jamal Crawford interview. Check out all of our special guest appearances. Jamal Crawford, Rasheed Wallace, Kenyon Martin, Raymond Felton, Charlie Ward, Chris Childs, Charles Oakley, Xavier McDaniel. Where else are you getting this? Where else, where else are you getting this? That's why we tell you all the time, hit that thumbs up for, button for your boys. Share these videos. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, doesn't matter. Share these videos. Let the people know this is the number one show for the fans, by the fans, without a doubt. I got another interview that uh, I got to edit, chop up, and I'll be releasing that um, this week. I spoke to Brandon Williams, the former assistant GM of the Sacramento Kings, and we talked a lot about player development and uh, what you can expect from Leon Rose in his first season. So it was a very informative interview with Brandon Williams, the former assistant GM of the Kings. And uh, next week, once again, the lottery live stream is going to be epic. Jay Ellis, CP. Jonathan Macri of Knicks Film School. Uh, Schwinney from Posting and Toasting. We got Corey Tolib of the Hardwood Herald. And maybe one or two more guests as well. It's going to be big. Looking forward to it. See you guys uh, later on this week, man. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time.